Roses! If you're hearing this podcast, it's officially January 1st of such a wonderful, wonderful year, 2020, year of the visionary. I just love that roundness, 2020. So yes, I'm so excited that you're tuned in. Um, I missed you guys, uh, took a break. I just needed to um, have some downtime to create more content um, to bring to you. And I'm so happy that you're here and that you joined me. Uh, So in the beginning of this podcast, I just want to let you know that I want you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Number one, of course, you can find me in the social media world. But I really am asking you a favor If you can go out on iTunes today, if possible, right now, after you hear this podcast, and make sure that you subscribe to my podcast and write reviews, Uh, this will help solidify me in the podcast world, um, and that it's worth a podcast to be listened to. Um, I would really appreciate if you guys take the time today to go do that. Um, That will help me um, start the new year outright. Um, Also, I met someone over the break, a very interesting person that I will be introducing to you soon he is on instagram as iso2 the number two great iso2 great and he has a podcast as well the podcast is called the mac project and it is a very interesting podcast and i kind of talked to him over the break and i'm like gosh sometimes when i listen to you you're like the male version of me um he's very interested in our culture and the things that are going on and things people don't want to talk about he noticed that as well like why are we not talking about this? So I was so happy to meet him. And that's what happens when you follow your path. You end up bumping into people that looks and views the world the way you do. Um, his podcast is about our community. It's about bettering himself, of course. And he had the one of the, the very first podcasts that I listened to of his was about dating. And of course, I'm dating. So I was interested in that topic. But he had a really, really, really good analogy about um, dating and comparing it to like a chess game. And I think so many women would be, um, it would put them at an advantage if they're single right now or in the dating process. It would put them in um, to in the advantage if they would listen to his podcast because it was very eye-opening to me and so grateful he put that podcast out and I'm so grateful that he's continuing on this path and in that conversation that we had we just kind of compared our our podcast and where we were and what he's doing that's different than me and what I'm actually going to add to my podcast thank you I so too great (laughs) Um, yeah I have a cash app I will be changing the name soon but right now the cash name the cash app name is butterfly by design that's my personal cash app and he has it as well and I said well are people donating to you and he said absolutely so if it is a podcast or a topic or this is your thing or your zhuzh so to speak um the things that I'm talking about make sure you donate um this will go directly back into my podcast I have the ability to buy better equipment um I could get studio time I can probably pay for uh, guest um, to come on so it's just kind of making the whole process better and it's truly my goal uh, to make this more of a full-time thing for me of course you guys know that I'm a mom and I work and you know so life is happening but this is my passion and so if you can help me with my passion uh, trust me you won't regret it I, I want to bring better content to you I want to you know I have goals of course this is 2020 I want to move it into uh, even YouTube I don't know how soon I can do that but um 
yeah, those are some of the things that I want to do. So today, uh, I have a great topic. I kind of gave this information out on Facebook and Instagram, what I'm going to talk about today, and it's colorism. And there's topics out there that happen while I was on break. Already knew I was going to talk about this. This would have been one of my first topics of the year. But I read an article on um, the internet about a creator or a director called Kenya Barris. And I was not familiar with his name, but I'm very familiar uh, with the work that he's done. He has created the show Black-ish. He has created the show Mixed-ish. And then he has a new show that will be coming out on Netflix called Black Excellence. So there's been pushback to this director. And this is why this topic is relevant. The people that follow these shows are noticing that the cast members are of a lighter skin tone. And his answer was, this is based off of my life. And this is, you know, uh, my family. And so it wasn't the best answer. I think that he could have explained himself uh, because there are no darker skin, you know, individuals in his show. And it's very noticeable and people are actually dropping off. I was not... I never really watched the show. I don't know why it didn't pull me in. I am very interested in culture. So it's kind of interesting that I'm just not hooked to it. I never got into it. And I think it's more because I'm a reality buff, which will work well into this podcast as well. But yeah, I never got into Blackish at all. And he's getting some pushback. So the reason that this podcast came about, I listened to Melissa Ford. I follow her on Instagram. Of course, she's a very beautiful woman. But not only did I notice that she's a beautiful woman, she has something to say to the world. I noticed this. And now she has a podcast, which makes total sense, just like me. I have something to say to the world. And there was a topic, and I heard about it before she had it on her podcast, but about Basketball Wives. And everybody, if you don't know, Basketball Wives is a reality show that was brought into existence by Shawnee O'Neill and some other producers, creators. And uh, yeah, it, it's been on for years and years. And I watched it heavily years ago. But because of the stereotypical black woman that's on these reality shows, I've, I've fallen off. Maybe um, it's just not something that I invite into my life anymore. And so Shawnee O'Neill has a friend on here who she's really close to called Evelyn, Evelyn Lozada. And she, I don't know her background. She is in the African-American culture. She dates black men, Chad Ochocinco. I don't know the original person she was married to years ago um, and how she, cause she's known Shawnee for years, but Evelyn's a very beautiful woman as well, but she's light skinned. I don't even know if she's fully black. She's, I think of a Latina. She um, is a full bully, a full on bully. Seriously, I'm going to put it out there. She's a bully. She went on Melissa's Ford uh, show and she kind of tried to say that all these things, she kind of walked around the topic, but she's a full on bully. And a couple seasons ago, maybe last season, I noticed that there is a darker skinned black woman and in the media it was brought out that she is being looked at as a bully. Now, from the quotes that I've heard, she speaks aggressively, but she has not acted in an aggressive manner. She said something along the lines like, I really feel like punching you in the face right now, but I'm not. But Evelyn, on the other end, has jumped on tables, jumped over tables to get to chicks, thrown glasses in their face. So she's acted aggressively. But guess what? Evelyn gets a pass. Evelyn's 
in America's eyes, beautiful, light skin, long curly hair, she gets a pass. She's getting paid to act this way. There's no problem. But when OG says this, here she is, a darker skinned woman, how easily it is able to turn the tables into her being this angry black woman and she's upset because she's dark. But in actuality, she's very intellectual and she turned she, she turned the storyline on the bullies and brought the spotlight on the bullies. So that aspect happened. So then I'm listening to Melissa Four. I so, I'm, told, I'm totally for Melissa Four. I, I love her Instagram. She's very thought provoking. But as I listened to her, it resonated in me that Melissa Ford actually has profited off of her light skin. So she is trying to bring light to this, but she was a well-known video girl back in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, She was, um, she's mixed. Her mother, I don't know if people know, her mother is white. So she really is trying hard to bring a very important topic up, but it's almost neutral ground for her because she profited and she became known for who she is because of her skin tone of course her other assets her breast and boobs I mean her boobs and her her behind um but yeah she really profited off of this so I said it was just interesting to watch you know because it is a very hard topic and I don't even know how this podcast is going to end because it's so ingrained in our community um So yeah, so just bear with me. It's a lot to unpack and I'm going to try to get through this. And to be quite honest, this is a, I'm recording a podcast for the first time. Never done that. I've never recorded a podcast twice. And as I listen to my first podcast, it's very important for me to get my message across in a manner to where it resonates. It's not taken lightly. Uh, it needed to flow and I was kind of all over the place because I had so many thoughts and I said no this is a new year I don't want to be a disservice to my listeners and I really want the listeners to understand my perspective as an African-American female of a darker skin tone and how colorism has affected me and how it has changed me so please bear with me there will be a part two next week with ISO Too Great. I did discuss this with him. He recommended me not re-record, but I am. And then he's going to help me unpack a little bit further. So please stay tuned next week uh, for part two of Colorism with my guest ISO Too Great, the Mac Project podcast. So first of all, what I want to do is define racism and colorism. So in... Uh, Inside the definition, I'll read that to you. Racism is the individual, cultural, and institutional beliefs and discrimination that systematically oppress people of color. Blacks, Latino, Native Americans, and Asians. And those are in quotation marks or parentheses. Now, colorism, which is a subset, I feel, of racism, it says the practice of discrimination by which those with lighter skin are treated more favorably than those with darker skin This practice is a product of racism in the United States in that it upholds the white standards of beauty and benefits white people in the institutions of the media and medical world, etc. So interesting that it mentions the medical world because there's so many things in the medical world that has affected us as African-Americans and... um, 
you know the the one of the things that might you might have heard of is the Tuskegee in, in the Tuskegee experiment that happened in the south where they actually gave uh black african american men syphilis um and and that was an experiment a very sad experiment that happened within our community and what was done to us as uh, African Americans and also in gynecology there's historical fact that there were surgeries performed on black women first uh, before it went mainstream so if there was something of a mishap that happened or it just didn't work oh well sorry sorry you don't have a uterus anymore sorry you're scarred for life these are the things that are given to us in this history as black people so stay with me because even more in modern times what's happening the mortality of black women when we give birth when we're at the doctor uh we're not believed uh the the mortality is higher among black women than our white counterparts so that's another medical issue that's happened in our community so I thought about it and I said, let's be uh, strategic about this. Let's have some consistency and some organization about this. And let's go back to slavery. Of course, um, this is another sad part of our American history. And in slavery, what happened? The slaveholders raped their slaves, which produced lighter skin African-Americans. And the light skin, it kind of put two categories out there. There's a lighter skin black person and there's a darker skin black person. The lighter skin were able to be in the house. Um, they were house slaves. And so they were treated a bit differently than the darker slaves out in the cotton fields. Of course, slavery is just horrible all in itself. But there was a hierarchy to it based on skin color. Uh, so that's where some of this colorism started. And to continue on, you know, through the centuries... Of course, we all heard about passing. Um, we've heard about the, uh, or maybe you have not heard of the brown paper back test. Maybe if you're outside of our race, you don't know about this brown paper back test. But this is what us African-Americans ended up doing to each other because of racism. It, once blacks started to enter into higher education and fraternities and sororities, there was actual paper. I don't know if they would actually put it up against them, but if you were darker than a, a, a brown paper bag, you were not allowed into these institutions. Okay. I would not have passed the test. My skin is a bit darker than a brown paper bag. Also, my father, when I was younger, introduced me to imitations of life. This is where I found out about passing and passing pretty much is for lighter skinned Americans. If they're light enough, they could pass into white culture, uh, you know, based on hair. A lot of times we're discriminated now. We know against our hair with the laws. But if you were a very light tone and you could cut your hair off um, or if your texture was really good, you can pass into white America. So in imitations of life, there's a mixed woman and her mother is a dark skinned African-American. And throughout this whole movie, she is trying to remove herself from being affiliated with her mom because she's so dark. When she would come up to the school because she forgot her lunch. That's not my mom. She's our maid, you know, because she was trying to pass into white culture. So she, this is something that I was introduced at a young age as far as passing. And that's how I was introduced to it. So these are the experiences um, that I'm about to go through and how I've experienced colorism and how it's affected me. So if I think really hard, when I think, think really hard, 
Um, the first time that it probably touched me as far as colorism is being a kid and being a baby and playing outside and wanting to play like any other kid in the world. And if I would stay out in the sun too long because I'm already of a brown skin tone, I would get darker, really dark. So it doesn't matter for 30 minutes if I'm driving and I have a watch on or a few hours and I take that watch off. I'm, I'm, I'm just darker. That arm could be darker. So my cousins would be like, man, you, you got black. Look how black you are. And at the time, what's wrong with being black? I didn't, I didn't understand that concept being so young. And I guess I look at myself, oh, I guess I did get dark. So those are the first touches of it. Um, so moving up a level as I get older, here it comes again. And I'm really close to my mom's side of the family. And I stayed under my grandmother. You know, she would watch me if my mom and dad wanted to go on dates or if I just, you know, wanted to be around grandma. But she still had children in the house, her very last kid. So I was closer to one of my aunts. Um, and she's lighter skinned. She's the youngest. So she can't she can't help her her birth order. She she was, of course, spoiled. She was the last baby in the family of like 12 kids, of course. Um, but she was light skinned and she got a lot of attention from that. Uh, and within our family, with outside of the family dating men, she just got a lot of attention for her skin color. And I just remember being her niece and we were close and I loved her and wanted to be around her all the time. But there were times I remember when I was being Henri, you know, just being that almost little sister bratty behavior even though she was my aunt and she you know would get so mad just, when I go in her room with her and I still tease her she said you blacky you're so black with your black self and I would laugh you know look at her like what do you mean you're you're black too but I didn't understand the concept still of colorism but though these are my few touches so continue continuing on with the story I did not get hit with colorism outside of my family I'm still young. It may have happened that I didn't notice, but I really noticed it within my family. So I didn't notice this next step until I became an adult and really reflected on my childhood. And this is what happens in the United States. And this is what happened with racism. And this is what happened within the black community. But my mother, all her siblings dated lighter, married lighter. My mother, my father's light, lighter skin tone he's lighter than my mom her sisters married lighter men her sisters uh married white her sister she had a sister that married a white man my uncles married white women and uh, then my rest of my uncles I have one that's gay that married a lighter male and the other men married lighter women and this is me April growing up chocolate April growing up in this family and it didn't really directly impact me I, I, I didn't notice it I didn't notice it until I became an adult because it didn't affect me. I love my aunts. They were there before I was born. Most of my aunts were already there before I was in existence. They loved me. They watched me. Um, they got me gifts. They told me I was beautiful. But when you reflect and think about that, when you go backwards, wow, I was literally growing up into this. So when it affected me and I was like, oh, and there was an emotional attachment and a, a, a talk with myself is once I went to school and I became noticeable to other guys and I became interested in in boys so I would I would get the looks I had really long good hair I had a shapely body um but I was brown so guys always approached me I didn't have a problem getting little 
puppy love boyfriends or anything like that never had a problem but there was direct competition and it wasn't the other brown skinned girls my direct competition was light-skinned women so if I had guys that like me, I would hear the rumblings. Oh, but did you see so-and-so? You know, if you're around a group of guys, so-and-so, that light-skinned, red bone, woo-woo-woo. So, of course, I'm going to take notice and look over there and see what they're talking about. So that is when it affected me, uh, you know, when it was attached to the opposite sex and, 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 and the romantic side of growing up. Um... It's it's a preference and it's something that happens with teenagers, younger people, and you don't hear it so much because people are considering themselves woke now and there is a lot of conversations that are happening at this point. But if it's a preference, it's a true preference. If that is just something that attracts you, if it's happened to me, I'm not going to be ashamed about that because this is the world that we lived in and I had to have conversations with myself and I've heard my brother say things and I've heard... Um, I'll give an example later, but this is a preference. But where the trouble happened is if that is a pattern and you're not looking at that individual at a deeper level, that that color is the only thing that stops you. Um, and I don't date outside my race, and I'm going to talk about that in a later podcast, but I've had conversations and there's just certain things that I don't want to take up space in my world. Um, but if you're not looking to see if this person is genuinely kind, smart, intelligent, giving, that's a problem that's where the danger lies that you're feeling that that skin tone is a savior to you and it's bringing you up to a different level that is where the danger comes um and so brown women black women tend to come off as angry of course we already have a title of angry black woman but don't be dark and have an opinion you're really the angry black woman when you're just solely expressing yourself that is where the danger lies um, and I was going to say about an ex one time I broke up with him and we had a conversation and it was kind of like a heated conversation. And, um, he was like, you know, cause now he's with a, a white woman and he's like, yeah, white is right. And he's the type of person when he talks, he's joking and he's laughing. He's being cheeky about it. But being cheeky is basically saying something disrespectful in a joking manner. And he said, white is right. And, and honestly, people don't say things like that or put it out in the world if that's truly not how they feel. So he obviously felt that way. Even though he was with me, you know, it was a time I was young. I was super young. He's attracted to younger women. Um, but so that, you know, there's a lot of reasons we were together. We, we did mesh, but I still would pick things up during the relationship. You know, he liked lighter women or white women or whatever. He likes all women, but that white is right comment was just totally out of the, out of whatever. But like I said, it's really hard to even end this podcast. And that's why I'm gonna have to have a part two. Because yeah, it's just so deeply ingrained. And you know, my daughters are light skinned. And I always think about that. And I'll say things on my podcast. And they'll listen and say, Mom, why are you saying that? You know, my girls are going to grow up with privilege because they do have a lighter skin tone. So within our culture, she'll ha- they'll have privilege. Uh, and, I- and I'm aware of that because their father was light skinned. But every day my daughters know, I tell them, I want you to be just as beautiful on the inside that I do on the outside. And I want them to remember and any, any light skinned girl, I want you to know. Um, but for specifically my daughters, I, you have probably dark skinned women in your family. Your mother is a dark skinned woman. So think about that before you make those comments and put them out there in the world like that. 
Um, I love my daughters and they're beautiful and I don't want anything to stop them. And I don't want them to think that I feel less of a woman for myself or I feel any different than them because I totally don't. I just know the type of world that we live in and I'm totally confident in myself. I know that I'm a smart woman. These type of things actually don't bring me down. It puts fire in my heart. It's the reason why I have my podcast today. The things that I need to say to the world and what I believe in that's what is going to what's just going to come out of me and it's going to be what comes out of my pores or what is in my dna it's just who i am this is the world that i grew up in this is the family that i grew up in love my family to death i honestly do they taught me so many things they gave me my spiritual side and to be confident in myself but it's those non-verbal things that happen in our family that we can't really talk about the elephant in the room this is why i have this podcast because some of these conversations, like my, my guest next week, people don't like to talk about these things. And it's going to be talked about. It's going to be talked about on this podcast. So if this is your judge, if this is your thing, yeah, make sure that you're tuning into the podcast for 2020. I'm so excited for 2020. You just will not believe the topics that I have for you. And I'll give you some examples. Raising black boys in America as a single mom. That's a topic. Dating outside the race. Um, that's going to be a topic. So hold on tight. I'm coming with a bang for 2020, baby. I am. And Roses, I just, gosh, I just love your support. Make sure you're following me, like I said, on Instagram, Facebook. Today, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Tag this podcast today. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Hey, I love you, Roses. You're beautiful. You're beautiful in my eyes. You really are. Tune in next week. ISO too great. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye.